0: Big episode this week, Joe, episode 40 of Glass of Joe, if you can believe it. First episode of March, which means March Madness is a couple weeks away. Got Selection Sunday about a week away. Just me and you this week, no guest, unfortunately. It wasn't for a lack of trying. We were trying to get... a college basketball-related guest. If, but... if you
1: see our DMs on Twitter and Instagram and, and our emails that we've sent, we tried this week, but we're realizing the opposite of what things were like last May. And it's almost been a year since we started this, which is crazy to believe, but it's the opposite now. Back then, nobody had anything to do. We weren't working. And everything we sent out was like, sure, I got nothing else to do. Right Now it's, now it's you know, we're realizing we have a tight schedule because we're working again and people are actually busy, <laughs> so it's not as easy Uh, We have some things laid out after this week, but this week was tough. So it's just us. But to repay that, we decided this would be the best possible week to go ahead and give our 2021 MLB preview, because we know things are going to get crazy the next couple of weeks with all college basketball, our guests, March Madness. Uh, So there's no better time than this one. Episode 40, big episode, go big with the MLB season preview.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've talked a little bit of baseball. Our last guest, Grant Paulson, was on and kind of started to dive into that. We've started we've started talking spring training a little bit, but now we can really get into it with certain teams. And uh, as we did when we were previewing baseball last season, which is crazy that this is our second preview show for baseball. But uh, we'll just go through the division real quick, the playoff teams and then get into some of the awards. We'll start with the AL East. I don't think there's going to be much disagreement uh, there. It was the Yankees last year. It's going to be the Yankees again this year. The best team in the American League, the best team in the American League East. And maybe the Blue Jays can give them trouble. The Orioles won't. The Red Sox won't. Tampa just lost too many stars, especially in their pitching staff. Their lineup should should still be solid, but not good enough to beat the Yankees in the East Division.
1: I mean – if you take a step back and we've talked about this, obviously off the air, the the leagues have flipped this year. Last year, the NL was, and again, it was a shortened season, but I'm not talking about the, the preview of the sprint that last year was. I'm talking, think back to last March when we were previewing what was supposed to be a 162 game season. Everybody thought that in the NL, it was the Dodgers and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought that the AL was going to be just brutal. And it was this year it's flipped. This year, the AL, it's the Yankees and everybody else. And the NL, it's going to be a free-for-all where there's going to be a couple good teams on the outside of the playoffs looking in. And yes. the teams that are in it are all really... I mean, you, you could, when we get to who we think is in, I could look at all five of the teams that I'm picking to get in and make a, a very valid case for all five of them to win the World Series without even batting an eye. So they've totally flipped this year. And with that being said, yeah, the Yankees, sure, the pitching staff is seemingly always a question for them. Aaron Boone, uh, first of all, hopefully he's all right. I know he's had heart issues in the past, open heart surgery, uh, I guess a decade or so ago. Now, uh, he's taken a, a few days leave from the team to get a pacemaker put in, but he said he should be back within a week. Um, and then back to, to their lineup. I mean, look, they have an elite lineup. Their rotation could struggle. They've got guys in there like Davey Garcia. We'll see what Luis Severino, if what he is, when he comes back, um, all field issues aside Domingo herman you know, they welcomed him back. They're going to give him another shot. He could be a top pitcher. So Masahiro Tanaka is back in Japan. There's a lot of questions in their rotation. The one question that we don't have about their rotation is Garrett Cole at the top of it. Um, and the bullpen last year kind of was their Achilles heel as well, even though before that it used to be their strength where they, they'd do bullpen days and again, in their bullpen in the sixth inning and not bad an eye. Um, so there are weaknesses there but their bats get them out of everything because that lineup is ridiculous. And yeah, they're, they're far and away the best team in the AL, despite the weaknesses they have, they are not as sound of a team as the Dodgers, but like we said, they will benefit from being head and shoulders above everybody else in the American league.
0: Yeah. And uh, I agree with everything you said. AL central is probably a two horse race between the twins and the white Sox. The white Sox are picking up a lot of steam. All their young talent that they've got, they've gotten some free agent acquisitions. Tony Larusa comes in to become the manager. I still like Minnesota though. Minnesota has been a solid regular season team, at least for the past two or three seasons. It seems like they have figured out how to navigate the regular season. They still got a good pitching staff. They still have good hitting, Uh, just a good roster, you know, with a lot of utility guys who can, they can plug and play every day. Um, So I still like Minnesota Chicago is going to be a good team, but uh, I'm still putting my money on the twins to win the central.
1: I am buying the hype of the white Sox. I do think, you know, look, they've got the reigning MVP winner, Jose Breu. You go through the lineup. They have a ton of talent, especially young talent guys like Madrigal, who you think are going to make the jump Um, Anderson at shortstop. They have a ton of talent, the rotation for them as well on the uptick. LaRussa's is the wild card in this. I mean, Rento Rio was just manager of the year in the AL and they canned him for LaRussa. I don't know what that's going to bring. Um, the twins, I feel like are, are due for maybe a little bit of a pullback, but that's not to say that they're not going to be a top contender again. I mean, it's a team that is quietly under the radar consistently won more than a hundred games, 100 games yeah. and people forget about that. So it's going to be a tight race. I, I don't want to fall into the hype of the White Sox, but I am because I do think they have that necessary talent. Uh, I'm going to go with this slight edge to the White Sox, but I don't feel very confident in it. Like of all the divisions we're going to go through, this is probably the hardest one to, well, the hardest two horse race to pick. The hardest division, and we'll get to that is, I would say is going to be the NL uh, East. Yeah. But this is this is the hardest two horse race to pick. I don't really know what's going to be the deciding factor other than to say, who can beat up on the bad teams the most because you look at the rest of that division and there are a ton of wins to be had there against the Royals and the Tigers and the Indians. So when it comes to the white Sox and the twins, they're probably for the most part going to split when they're playing against each other throughout the course of the year, that'll even out. Who is going to beat up on those bad teams the most. And that's why we see the twins lately, having a hundred plus win seasons is because they're taking care of the tigers and they're taking care of the Royals. Mm. So if you could take care of those teams, you're going to win this division. And obviously again, we're back to a 162 game season where you're playing a normal schedule again, not like last year where it was just regionalized. So they are going to play the whole league again, but you're still obviously playing against the teams in your division way more than anybody else. So take care of the Royals, take care of the tigers and the Indians to a lesser extent, because they're not as bad as those other two teams. Take care of them, and you're going to win this division.
0: And, uh, look, AL West for me was the toughest division in the AL to figure out. I I, I bet against the A's every single year, and every single year Bob (laughs) Melvin in Oakland makes me look stupid. But they lost Marcus Simeon, and that was a really big piece to that lineup, and I think it's going to hurt them. I wanted to pick the Angels just because of how much Me you and too. I love Trout. <laughs> and they've made some nice acquisitions on the pitching staff, and Rendon's going to be healthy
1: for this whole year. Hey Otani back as Ohtani,
0: well. Otani, Pujols' last season. You wonder if maybe they got a little juju on their side. Maybe he can ride out into the sunset with an AL West title and they can make a run in the playoffs. But even though they lost Springer, Joe, even though they lost Garrett Cole last year, Verlander's coming off surgery – um, or they lost Cole two years ago, I still I still like the, the Astros to win this division. I mean, Bregman, I know Altuve struggled, but he, he's still a good hitter. They got Alvarez, Gurriel. There's too much talent in that lineup. Verlander's got a rubber arm. Uh, he'll be fine. They got McCullers coming and backing him up, so – The Astros, uh, you know, now that the whole cheating thing has kind of died down a little bit, they're still going to get booed because fans weren't in the stadium last year and they're going to let them have it. But at least they're, they're used to all that stuff now. And in the midst of a one hundred and sixty-two game season, they still have the best roster in the division. And I think they ended up they end up winning it. The reason it could be a tricky division though is Seattle hasn't made the postseason in 20 years. And I don't think this will be the year that they do. But I mean, time's on their side. Like eventually one of these years, Seattle will put it together. They've had some nice starts to season, but they just fall off a cliff in July and August. So maybe this will be the year for the Mariners. But to me, it's a two horse race between the Astros and the angels. But I think the Astros win the AL West.
1: The two teams I'm discounting immediately are the Mariners and the Rangers Rangers. I think are going to be in the basement here. And the Mariners, like you said, uh, don't think they'll make it, but they will be more competitive. And we saw that last year. Uh, they, they had a, a lot of games last year where they beat some of the top teams in the division. Um, we've seen in the past, not last year, but the year before, before they went on that historic losing streak, they started the season really hot out of the gates. They have a lot of great young talent, unanimous rookie of the year winner last year. They have Jared Kalenic probably coming up early this year. So I think they will make more noise than people realize. But again, same thing for me. Uh, It comes down to the other three teams in the division. I think it's more of a three horse race than a two horse race, because for all the times that we discount the A's, we see what they do time and time again. So I think they'll be right in the thick of things, probably hovering around 90 wins. I think of all the divisions, this one might have the division winner with the fewest wins. Even, you know, NL or AL, I think this division will have the division winner with the fewest wins. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think the Astros win it with maybe like a 92 win total, something like that. And again, you know, the A's usually hover around 90. The Angels could have better pitching than people realize, with Bundy and Haney leading the way, and, and some other pieces in there. Um, again, in that lineup with with the best player on the planet and Mike Trout, and another MVP and Rendon, and beyond that, and Pujols has been making headlines the last few days because people are trying to figure out if he's like three years older than he actually says he is, and apparently there's some credence to that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but um, I could see them certainly. It wouldn't put it this way. Any of these three teams, any of the three A's in this division, Astros, Angels, A's, not surprising me if any of them win it. I'd probably say the Astros coming around 92, the A's coming around 89, the Angels coming around 87. It's a tight September race, and the Astros come out on top.
0: Now remind me for the wild card, are there four spots or is it just two again?
1: So yeah, the, the MLB screwed us on this last year because we did our whole preview episode, and then on the e- the day of yes. opening day, they changed <laughs> it like before the first pitch. So I've been trying to read up on it. For right now, we're recording this at eleven eighteen and twenty seven seconds on March fourth. It is not expanded postseason. But like last year, people are saying do not count that out until April 1st and the season starts because they are very liable to change it on the eve of the season. That's game. what I that, – so as as what now, we'll do, we'll give them the top now. two teams and then we'll give the two yes. more. If we, A, as, I'm just going to say, as of now, five teams are picking. But we'll give the other three as well, just in case, just in case.
0: Um. Yeah. All right. So my top two, if it just stays in normal format with your two wild card, uh, I like the White Sox to make the playoffs, a lot of talent. And then I told you the Blue Jays for me, I like them a lot this year. I mentioned Marcus Simeon left Oakland. He goes to Toronto to go along with Springer and all that young talent that they have with Vladdy Jr. and Bo Bichette. Their lineup's really, really good. The pitching's the question for the Blue Jays, but You know, sometimes when you just have a lineup that's so good, like the White Sox did last year, the pitching kind of falls into place. And I think that happens for the Blue Jays this year. You mentioned how the Twins and the White Sox get to um, get a lot of wins against the bottom feeders in the Central. I look at the Blue Jays the same way. Other than the Yankees, you can get a lot of wins against the Red Sox, the Orioles. Um, So I think they make the playoffs. And then the other teams, if it does expand – I'd put the angels in there and I'm going to say Tampa slides in there. I know they lost Morton and they lost Snell. One more two. Is it an eight? Eight. Yeah. It's eight. eight. So uh, yeah, eight total. So just four wildcard teams and uh, Tampa's pitching staff, Wander Franco. If you don't know the name yet, learn it because he will be the next star for the Rays And, and the Rays just find guys everywhere. I know Kevin Cash, had an absolute blunder in the World Series last year, but he's still one of the best managers in baseball. And uh, I think the AL East gets three teams into the playoffs if the playoffs do expand back to eight.
1: You still only gave me seven teams. You gave me three division winners and four wild cards.
0: That's right, five, <laughs> five wild, wild card. cards. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, so let's see, the fifth wild card team then would be... Let me think. I guess Oakland, if I had to if I had to pick pick a fifth, would All be right, so uh, would
1: be Oakland. If we're going normal format, which I th- I think it'll end up being, I think they're gonna do the smart thing and keep it three division winners, two wild cards, back to the old way. If that's the case, I'm going Yankees one, going White Sox two, Astros three, Blue Jays twins four and five as the wild cards. Here's my kicker. I think Toronto and Minnesota both have more wins than the Astros, just like a separate side tidbit, just to kind of show the strength of those wildcard teams. I think they both have more wins than the Astros. And going back to what I said, that that will be the division winner that has the fewest wins of any division. So go with those five. If it's expanded, if it's expanded, I'm putting all three of those AL West teams in there for, again, like I said, it, for that division, not having the winner who has – for having the division winner that has the fewest wins. There we go. I got that outright. There's going to be three there. And I think they all get in the wild card. And then my last wild card team here, like, like you were having trouble thinking of kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, I'm tempted to probably say that the, the rays probably get it. I'm going three AL West teams, probably go in three AL East teams as well. And then the twins and the white Sox from the central um I think, people, yeah, I, think the, I think the red sox will be people yeah i think i think the red sox will be better than people realize this year especially getting alex cora back but i don't think they get into any conversations and the only reason they get into any conversation is if it's an 18 playoff and again i fully anticipate it being a five-team playoff like it should be and there's no reason to expand it this year if you're having 162 game season now beyond that your wild card game's a toss up um, I will say that whoever wins that wild card game between the Blue Jays and the Twins for me, if it's the Blue Jays or the Twins, doesn't matter. Astros beat them. They have that postseason experience. And if they have less wins than those teams in the regular season, again, it's because their division's a lot tighter and they can't beat up on bottom feeders in the way that the Blue Jays and the Twins can. So I've got the Astros once again in the ALCS. I've got the Yankees in the ALCS and I've got the Yankees making the world series and there's I I, we've been talking about the Yankees making the world series now for like three or four years and they keep falling short this has to be almost like the Dodgers last year where they were clearly the best team and you knew it was coming at some point I think this has to finally be the year for the Yankees I, I don't see any way it's not um so yeah the Yankees beat whoever when excuse me I said the Astros beat whoever's the wild card the Yankees beat whoever's the wild card uh the White Sox and the Astros I think the Astros use their playoff experience to get into the ALCS and then Yankees over Astros
0: I'm with you I you know the one thing that could beat the Yankees is a strong pitching staff but now that the Rays lost Morton and Snell their bullpen's still great but they don't have those great starters anymore so it's it's tough to find a team once they get to the playoffs that would beat the Yankees again. The probably best shot of beating them would be that first round in that little three game set because if you just happen to knock around Garrett Cole in Game One, you're up one nothing. The Yankees out, Ace is out, and then you know maybe you just have a chance to win one of the next two games in baseball. That's more if it's an eight, eight game. game, right? Yeah. right, right, right eight right. teams.
1: Excuse me, eight team. Eight teams. Assuming it's assuming it's five then i don't think the yankees lose a five game set to tough. a wild card team and then you just go from there it's tough yeah uh moving over to the nl now yeah, that, sorry uh, mention, that, that's what was throwing me off i'm like I'm, I'm going between five teams and eight teams so i'm looking at this and i'm like all right so it would be the blue jays and the twins versus the Astros. wait a minute no that's in an eight team and a five team it would be the yankees i gotta they gotta make up their minds, so we can totally be clear on this but assuming it's five, team.
0: five wild that's, that's card teams, five wildcard teams is two. for
1: whatever reason
0: i thought it was four division winners and four wild cards obviously i know there are six divisions in yeah. baseball three on each side but you kept telling me you need one more wild card and i'm like do i oh i do it's only seven <laughs> so there we go uh nl joe i don't think there's going to be much agreement uh much disagreement in the nl west and the central to win the divisions and the dodgers and the cardinals the nl east is the real debate and if there's an expanded wild card all those four teams in the hunt braves phillies mets nats all make the playoffs for me um if it's just your standard format the three division winners and the two wild cards that's where it gets interesting the division winner for me in the nl east is the braves I bring up Grant Paulson again. We had him on last week. He talks about how much he likes the Braves and how he thinks they're flying under the radar, and I agree with them. They got a young pitching staff. that really doesn't have big names, but they got a lot of good arms. Um, And then they got Ozuna back, which I think was huge for the middle of that lineup. Acuna leading off, Freeman batting second. Now you can slide Ozuna right back in that three-hole. A lot of good young hitters. Ozzy Albies, Johan Camargo. The Braves are stacked. Um, And then, man, in the wild card, definitely San Diego for sure. Wouldn't surprise me if they won the NL West. The Dodgers just are so loaded and have just figured out, much like the Washington Capitals, just how to navigate the regular season all these years. So it's tough for me to put the Padres to win the division, but they will make the playoffs. Um, And then that second wild card spot is tough. It's really, really tough. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be the Nationals. I think I love what they did this offseason. I really did. I thought the Schwarber pickup was great. I thought the Josh Bell pickup was great. Bringing Brad Hand in was great. Um, Soto's now not battling COVID and in and out of the lineup. Guys are healthy. And because the Mets are getting so much attention, I think people are forgetting about the Nationals a little bit on paper the mets might very well be the best team in this division but with their history of injuries and these new pieces that they're bringing in i just i have to see it first i can't pick them yet to make it so the nationals would be my second wild card team if it's a standard format if it goes to the 8 teams like i mentioned it would be them the mets the phillies and then the brewers would be my final team to make the playoffs
1: so i had a five Team postseason. I'll just give you my pecking order here before I get into the teams. Dodgers are one, got the Mets two, Cardinals three, Padres four, Braves five. That's my rundown. Um, you know, I'm pessimistic about my teams and it's going to sound homer to pick the Mets here. But when you think about adding pieces in and, and teams meshing and proving themselves, I don't, in baseball, I think it's different than in other sports because for baseball being a team sport, it's also very individualistic where when player A that you insert into your team is up at the, at the plate, there's nobody else there. It's different than like that Eagles team that was supposed to be the dream team, right? right. They, they never clicked. They just never clicked with, with Vic, Deshaun Jackson, all those guys. Um, you don't need to really click like that in baseball because it's, it's a team sport, but it's individualistic. When the ball's hits the shortstop, the left fielder, center fielder, right fielder don't have any impact on whether Francisco Lindor makes a play. When Lindor's up at the plate, the eight hitter has nothing to do with whether he gets a triple um it's individualistic even though it's a team sport so i don't i don't worry about the meshing besides that it's not like they added a totally new roster they took mccann and plopped him in it took lindor and plopped him in when you look at this team it's flipped from past years in the past it was can the offense back up the elite pitching now it's can the pitching catch up to the offense Now Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher on the planet and he's the easy pick to win Cy Young again. And he is my pick to win Cy Young again, as we get into the awards. Um, beyond that, you've got cookie Carrasco who is overlooked in this team. Everybody's talking about consider guard, come back. They re-signed Stroman Carrasco from 2014 to 2018, before he had cancer and beat it, he was a top end number two starter 2017. He was fourth in the AL Cy Young voting with the Indians, uh, 2019 he struggled his era was like five something after he came back from cancer but in 2020 he showed that he re- he returned to form his era was in the high twos so i think you got a top end two, who is right behind the grom right there stroman's your three what version of him do you get are we talking the guy who has been a borderline ace are we talking the guy who is who who had that one really bad year where he was a three at best well he's penciled in as your three so even if he gives you that Third starter performance, he is your third starter. Then you got Taiwan Walker as a wild card who they picked up. Um, his whip is higher than you like. Strikeouts per nine is like in the eights. Where's so he's Sinegard? your number. F- he, well, I'm getting there. He's your number four. You take what you can get. And then you got David Peterson who shined as a rookie and Joey Lucchese, who they brought in as well to figure out your number five starter. They've got all that, and then they're gonna put Cindergaard into the mix wherever they feel he is. He can be as far as his innings and whatnot. So th- the pitching is better. Better than I think it's been perceived. There's been a lot of talk about it's all the offense, no pitching this year. I think the pitching ends up better than people are perceiving it because of Carrasco. That was overlooked in the Lindor trade, but getting him was huge as well. Now your lineup, outside of the Dodgers, find me a better lineup than Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo, Conforto, Smith, Davis, and McCann. And then you got good pickups like Kevin Pillar, Albert Almora, and your guy from the O's, Jonathan Villar, coming off the bench. So they're deep. Um, The bullpen has been the other Achilles heel in the past, but Diaz finally looked like the Diaz they were trading for from the Mariners last year. And my theory kind of proved to be true last year as far as those relievers, where anybody who was way overworked, like Kenley Jansen, Edwin Diaz back in 2018, really struggled in 2019, and they all rebounded in 2020. So we'll see if they continue back to form. But, I mean, you go beyond that. Seth Lugo was elite last year. They picked up Trevor May in free agency. They got Familia, Della Aaron Loop was a really good under-the-radar signing from the Rays for the postseason he had. So for all the talk about what could this team be, is it all hype, the pieces are there, and I do think they put it together um, probably coming around mid 90s and wins the Braves are probably right on their heels wouldn't surprise me if the Braves win it's a Braves Mets race for me Um, you and I for the second year in a row are in total disagreement on the Nationals last year you thought in the shortened season um, it really favored them I had them missing an 18 playoff and they did this time around too I was not really blown away by their offseason moves I think the team has more holes than people realize I think that you know relying on on Strasburg and Corbin to get back to their elite forms. That's something tough to hang your hat on. I think they probably missed playoffs again. If it's a five-team playoff, it's an eight-team playoff, they get in. Um, I had them fourth in the division because I think actually this is the year that the Phillies finally put things together. So I've got this division pegged as Mets, Braves, Phillies, Nats. But like you, if it's an eight-team playoff, all four of those teams get in. So that's kind of how I'm looking at the NL East. And you know, from there, like you said, there's not much to be said about the other divisions. Who would if, be your
0: last team, your last wild card team?
1: Out of those four? You would oh, so sorry, you have I'm the sorry. Padres and then the three NLE teams? I was just gonna say, years. yep, I've got I've got the Padres, the three NLE teams, if it were an eight team uh, playoff, that's it. Or no, I'm sorry, I do what you did. This MLB's gotta figure it <laughs> I'm out. I'm telling so you the five it's wild so, cards <laughs> and it's the three divisions so trippy. It's too much. It's too it much. Um, but outside of that, I I was going to get to this. I like the Cubs. Um, The NL West, it's the Dodgers and the Padres. For all the reasons you said, the Dodgers are one, the Padres are two. The NL Central, Pirates are going to be a historically bad team. They had the lowest ever win total set by Vegas in the history of baseball. The Reds are due for a pullback. Last year, they were a a trendy pick in a shortened sprint of a season. Uh, But they've already talked about trading Castillo, too. And I think they're going to blow that up before they back it up with another good season. Cardinals the clear-cut favorite. They're winning the division. Then it's the Cubs and the Brewers. That's the real battle in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Cubs, another one of those teams, that because they were so poor in the shortened season last year, are way better than people realize. That lineup still has Avi Baez, Chris Bryant, uh, Anthony Rizzo. They added Jock Peterson. They got Wilson Contreras behind the plate. The issue for them is pitching, but I really trust David Ross pulling the strings on this team to get them into second place. And I think with that, they, they would get the last wildcard spot if they were eight. And again, in a five-playoff team season, which I think it will be, we're not having any conversations about these teams that we've spent time on because they're not even close to right. the clear-cut four and five, which are the whoever doesn't win the NL East, be it the Braves or the Mets, and the Padres. Those are clear-cut four and fives. And I'll actually go as far as saying the same thing that I said for the AL. Both wildcard teams will have more wins than the third best division winner being the Cardinals. I think the Braves and the, or excuse me, the Braves and or Mets and the Padres will both have more wins than the Cardinals.
0: They could. I mean, the Cardinals play the Pirates and the Reds a lot, so they they, they could get a good amount of wins. That'll help. Um, All right. going to seasonal awards. Now we got MVPs, Cy Youngs and managerial awards AL MVP, Joe, why make this hard? Mike Trout, yeah. look, the guy's plus 200 to win the AL MVP over 162 games. The next closest guy is plus 1,100, which is Bregman. It's it's insane. Until
1: Mike Trout drops off or retires, picking against him to win MVP is just not worth it. I,
0: right, it's, I, I, I don't. you got to go with him. Plus 200 is just, it's, it's dumb. NL MVP is, is a lot better argument. Bellinger right now is the leader in the clubhouse with Acuna, I believe last time I saw, uh, but I'm going with Soto as my uh, NL MVP. I like the Nats again. When Tatis got paid, everybody's talking about what's Soto going to make and his contract starting to come up and he's already going to make a lot of money, but I think he wants to just absolutely break the bank. And hitting in the middle of that lineup, if the guy stays healthy, he is just so, so good. So I like Soto to win an
1: I think this is going to be a year where the hype around Fernando Tatis is so overwhelming that even if his numbers are slightly down from a Soto or from an Acuna, just the, the kind of mob mentality, for a lack of a better way to put it, around Tatis puts him over the edge and uh, I will go with Tatis for that reason but Be- I mean besides that he is just unbelievable yeah. uh, and I think he will play with just an entirely new level of swagger because of the contract so I will go with Tatis this race for as easy as the AL race is to pick this race is stats. and this goes to show you this just goes to show you why the NL is way better than the AL this year all these names Soto, Betts, Tatis, Acuna, Bellinger, Arenado, Lindor, Freeman even with the Braves, Yelich with the Brewers. Would any of those guys surprise you to win MVP? None, none of them. None. And that doesn't even mention Machado and Bryce Harper. <laughs> the NL has ridiculous star power. And no. you, you got to imagine that um, it's going to come from whoever is one of the division winners. Uh, and and that's why I think that I am... Uh, going out on a limb with Tatis even though he has the hype because I don't think they're going to win the division. And I don't – it's always tough to give the MVP, I guess, to, to a guy who's uh, on a wild card team, even though in the AL we see Trout get it every year. That's just because Trout's on a different transcendent level. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think even though there's so much hype around him, I am kind of going out on a limb saying Tatis. But it's it's anyone's guess in the, in the NL. Who, I still can't believe MVP.
0: Trout's plus 200. And, yeah. like, you'd be dumb not to bet it. Um uh, A.L. Cy Young, this was a good race, too. I'm going for chalk me.
1: for both it, it, Cy Youngs There's, okay. without even thinking about it.
0: I'm not going chalk for the A.L. Cy Young. I'm going glass now from the Rays because Snell and Morton left. He, I just think because he's the, so clear-cut number anyone, one. I
1: can't trust anybody on the Rays, though, because Kevin Cash is coming in to take him out at every fifth or sixth inning. But that's, that, that's
0: thats the thing, though, is because Snell and Morton are gone, I think they give Tyler a longer leash. And but use I don't, that I don't, great see, I don't think so, because if,
1: if last year was any indication, it was a shorter season, and you, you would have thought, like some teams did, they would ride their aces more, like the Yankees with Cole and whatnot. You'd think they'd ride their aces more because they're pitching fewer games. So there's that aspect of it. And then you're in the World Series and Snell is dealing and you yank him. So, in a year where you would have thought teams would give their pitchers longer leashes and you would have thought in the World Series or, you know, that he would go ahead and give Snell that longer leash, he doesn't. They go totally by the book, by the numbers. That's why I don't think just because those guys are gone, anything's changing here. Um,
0: uh, I, I think it plays into it a little bit. And of those three, Glasnow is definitely the one with the longest leash. That would I finish. could see
1: that. I could definitely see that. Uh, Lucas Giolito is actually a trendy pick, and he's yeah. part of the reason why the White Sox are, are, are a popular pick. I'm going chalk with Garrett Cole. He doesn't have a Cy Young yet, and I think he was snubbed a bit two years ago when they gave it to Verlander, and that was repayment for the previous year when Verlander got snubbed. So they, they snubbed Cole to correct mm-hmm. the Verlander snub. So as long as it's close this year, I think they correct the Cole snub by giving it to Cole. Uh, I think he's the best one of those guys anyway. But like I said, it's close. They gave it to him. And then in the NL, if you it's, it's kind of like trout at this point um, for the AL MVP. If you pick against Jacob deGrom, you're just trying to be trendy. There's, I mean, he, he, until the last two or three weeks of last season, he was the favorite. He had a couple bad starts at the end. And Bad by his standards, not bad by actual MLB standards. And Bauer lit it up down the stretch for the Reds. So uh, in in a year where Bauer is also going to kind of get lost in the shuffle of that Dodgers rotation because he has so much around him, uh, I I definitely think DeGrom is a clear-cut favorite. DeGrom's New York York sweep of the Cy Youngs. Yep,
0: DeGrom is my pick, too, yeah. to win NL Cy Young. Um, and then the manager awards were were tricky. In the AL, I went Charlie Montoyo from the Blue Jays. I like Toronto a lot this year. Uh, you know, the White Sox made the wild card, and uh, Red Doria won it last year. I think the Blue Jays make the wild card, and Montoyo wins it. And then NL manager – I'm going Davey Martinez. He's got a world series, so it's probably tough and he needs to really have a good season. I think the Nats need to win the division for him to win the manager of the year, but I'm just looking around the rest of baseball and, you know, they wouldn't give it to Snitker in Atlanta. If they win the division, they won't give it to Schilt in St. Louis. They won't give it to Roberts in, in LA. So I'm just, it almost was by default, like what team, would have a good year, would you give it to Girardi and Philly was another option, but uh I'll go with Davey Martinez.
1: So going by my picks to to be division winners and wild cards, uh if the Mets win the division, I think Rojas absolutely has to be in the conversation. I I, I see my problem with this award is so many times it should go to a team's manager who's not in the playoffs. I agree. We never see that happen. Right. That's why it's always tough to pick this one. I, I love David Ross. I think if he gets this Cubs team in the mid-80s and wins, he's in the conversation. Or, you know, even if they get to 90. Like, if this team gets to 90 wins, but because of the Padres and Braves missed out on a wild card, David Ross should be your manager of the year. But that's not how it works. Um, I hate that we're agreeing so much on things here. Uh, oh, Davey wow, like you like Davy too? No, I, I, another one. I do like Davy. But again, uh, I don't see them giving him the award unless they make the playoffs. I don't have them making the playoffs. So in the same way that you went with Davey by default in your mind, I'm going with Rojas and the Mets by default in my mind because I I don't see it going the same thing to with the Braves. I don't see it going to Roberts. The other one that came to mind was Tingler with the Padres. But I feel like the perception is – and it's not a perception, it's a reality – the Padres are a way more talented team on paper than the Mets are. Yeah. So if the if if it's between those two guys, I see it going to the guy who has the perceived less talented team. So that's what I'm going with.
0: If the Padres win the division, win the West, then Tingler absolutely could get it. Oh, yeah. If they go to the wild card though, and the Mets win the division, I think they would give it too. Agreed well,
1: on the sense. AO, by the way, with with the Blue Jays. I mean that's Montoya's gotta be the guy. I mean I, if they would if they make so. wild card. That's gotta be the guy. I have a I have a three year two year streak of of the AL manager of the year. Uh so let's see if I can keep that going. I do. I do.
0: Very nice. Um, all right, Ness. So that was our baseball preview. Before we get into uh college basketball march madness, just real quick, NBA. They're playing the all-star game this weekend, which means they got the skills competitions going on. Uh three point shootout, very good um list this year. Devin Booker, Jalen Brown. Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. I mean, those guys are all All Star caliber yeah. players. Um, I mean, the three point shootout's so tough because obviously it's the rack and the time. I'm going with Steph Curry. Uh, you know, the best shooter doesn't always win it, but. Steph is just—I mean—he necessarily doesn't practice the three-point shootout, but he does everything from like the tunnel shots yeah. and the deep shot. I just feel like—and he's done it. He's done this before. I, did he win? I think he, he did, did win. He, win. And he then did Clay win Thompson one year.
1: Won with a higher score, so he has the motivation to now beat Clay. And right? He's yeah. Aspect uh, of it. So
0: I, I would go Steph. My uh, my sneaky pick would be Zach Levine. I think he he could be he could be interesting, and but he's not and has my a sneaky chance.
1: pick. He's my pick. Really? what Levine's my pick because <laughs> I've gotten to watch a few Bulls games this year from from covering the Wizards and uh, doing graphics for those games. He's a very streaky shooter. He is. If he's on, he's got a shot at this. And I'm partly picking him more for the history aspect of it. No player has ever won the dunk contest and three point contest. He could be the mm. first to ever do it. So I'm going with Levine. Going there with you Levine go. the three point It's a good nugget.
0: Uh look. Skills competition is an. It's always the one. Look, this this one is
1: always slept on, and I love it every single year because it's you get the bigs versus the little guys, and I just love the way it's structured with with passing it through the hoop, with the three point shot, free throw, with the the speed dribble. I love every aspect of it. Um, Can I tell you, Luca and Julius Randle are going to be the top
0: two picks, but my pick is actually going to be Sabonis. One of the most skilled big men in the NBA. And I think, I think he's going to win this thing. It's a total
1: crapshoot. I'm not going to put is. money on it, it but all comes that down would be who, my pick. It, all come, it Every year, this comes down to who can come up and hit that pull-up three. Yes. Uh, I'm going with Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul, the last few years, there's almost kind of been like a Chris Paul renaissance where people forgot how elite he was when he was with uh, New Orleans back in the day. And then he went to L.A., was elite, but because they never achieved what they were supposed to in the playoffs, people forgot about him. And you see what he did last year, and you see what he's doing this year in elevating a team that probably is punching above their weight. I mean, the Thunder should not have made the playoffs last year Look what Chris Paul did. Right. This Suns team, it's a good team, but it's probably not as good as they actually are. So I think this is a chance for him to just kind of remind people, like, yeah, yeah, I'm still me, and and, and go ahead and win this thing against some of the best young stars and some of the most talked about with Doncic and Randall. So I'm going to go with Chris Paul. Suns are a
0: two seed right now in the West. They beat crazy. the Lakers. It really is crazy. Um, and then the slam dunk contest is the last one. Anthony Simons, Cassius Stanley, Obi Toppin. Joe, I forgot he was in the league. So I'm going with Cassius Stanley because... I mean, you got a 33% chance. We've, so. seen,
1: we've seen what Obi Toppin's done with those in-game dunks yes. at Dayton last year. Yeah. No Obi Toppin. And, and again, the dunk you know contest. Which, the, the dunk contest is another one that's a total crapshoot because of the parameters where it's like, you only got a certain amount of time or attempts. You know, so even if somebody has the most creative, great idea, if they can't pull it off, they're screwed. Uh, and you, over the last few years, how many times have you seen it where someone's got this great dunk idea? And just because they don't get it, they end up losing. And somebody else who has some, like, milk toast, one of them, they'll dunk wins it. So
0: Well, yeah. that's part of it, too. But in the other two, in the three-point and the skills, you control what you do. In the slam, you know, so a judge could give you a 9 when you deserve a yeah. 10. And you could a- lose. Exactly. So. How many
1: times have you seen uh, yeah. someone hold- – Dwayne Wayne's infamous for it, where he holds up an 8 when it's totally a 10. So I, I mean, the dunk contest has gotten a little stale lately because people are running out of ideas. I wish they would liven it up. Not this year because obviously protocols, but in the future, get like a person who is just a straight up YouTube professional dunker and like right. have them get in it, kind of like pros versus Joe sort of thing. Um, but I, I got to go with Obi. It's always a my fun
0: favorite. My favorite NBA uh, competition is the one where they bring in a current NBA player yep. from that city's team, a WNBA player, and a former legend. And they do, like, a layup, a free throw, a wing jumper, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot. I love that. And they did it, like, a couple of years, and they stopped doing it.
1: The only always, always gets the half-court shot. Never, always. Never fails. The legend always hits the half-court shot.
0: Um, all right, Joe. College Hoops Talk before we get into trivia. And things are heating up. Selection Sunday is – let's see. Today's a Thursday, so we got nine days until Selection Sunday. It's just fantastic. Um – Let's see. We got uh, on the bubble. Man, so Michigan State. Well, it was a huge win for Georgia Tech against Duke. Duke, all this talk, they had that win streak, and then they go into Louisville, and then they lose against Louisville, and then they lose to Georgia Tech. And uh, Duke, well, they have to be Carolina in their season finale, but then I think they have to do a little bit of work in the ACC tournament too. It's just crazy, all these blue bloods that – are, are obviously on the bubble, which we've talked about. Michigan State had a huge win over Indiana. Uh, you know, they're in a good spot because they're playing Michigan, and if they just win one of those games, they're in. If and, and they the lose, is, I,
1: was just saying, I really will hurt them. Exactly. Michigan's regarded so highly that if they lose both games, it doesn't hurt them. They're not going to get penalized for losing two games against a number two team, Michigan. So, yeah. uh, at this point, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to get bogged down too much in the bubble yet, just because. Oh, there's know, still so much that could happen. So- the mid-major teams, the favorites, I was, was going to get to that. I was just going to get to that. The the mid majors this year between Drake and Loyola Chicago, we got to see who wins that because. If Loyola Chicago, if Drake Drake's right now a last four in team, if Drake goes ahead and wins it, Loyola Chicago is a bid stealer. If Loyola Chicago wins it, then Drake might fall out. You I think know. Loyola's if they play in the final in the Missouri Valley final.
0: I think if Loyola loses, they're in.
1: Oh no, if I'm she, saying that's what I'm saying. Loyola's in period. If Drake, if I I'm saying if, yes, if, yes, if, yes. If Drake, Correct. If Drake goes on and wins it, one bid is stolen because Loyola Chicago is getting an at large. Right, if right. Loyola right. Chicago wins. Drake is, they're going to give up their spot. They're sweating. Yes, so, yes. Th- and then in the A-10, same thing. A-10 is like that with Richmond, especially in VCU. So there's so many of those. I'm trying not to get bogged down in it. But if I had to pose this question to you, you pull up Lenardi's. Yep, looking at it right now. right now. The last four buys, I think for the most part, are in a good spot. Louisville, Rutgers, Georgia Tech, VCU. So of the last four in, first four out, next four out that he currently has from those 12 teams if right now you had to pick four of those to get in who would be your four and this is this is this is projecting how they finish here this is taking into account how you think they're going to do over the next couple weeks fast forward to election sunday which of those four four of those 12 teams do you think get in so
0: of those 16 essentially which four do i like
1: i'm I'm taking a lot the last four buys i'm kind of taking out Right. right now Right. Of those 12, who do you think get to the last four?
0: Okay. Uh, Michigan State's in. Um, Xavier, I think, is out. Boise, I think, will be out. Seton Hall, I think, will be out. Um, Man, Duke, I think, will be out. I think they lose to Carolina. Syracuse, to me, is the real interesting one, because Lenardi obviously jokes about how bad he is at projecting them. And they had a nice win over Clemson yesterday. I don't know what their remaining – don't they play Louisville left? Do they have one more, like, tournament-caliber team? I don't know if they do. Um, They'll obviously have to win out regardless who they play and do some work in the ACC tourney. Syracuse is done. Syracuse, actually,
1: that was their last game. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, so so Syracuse left. But I I do – I actually – I like Syracuse. I think they get in. So, for me, it would be Drake, Michigan State, Syracuse, and – Boy, that Mountain West conference tournament's gonna be great with Colorado State, Utah State, Boise, and San Diego State. I'll go Utah State. I you know, they lost Sam Merrill and he was their best player last year, but they got uh, Kada, who's like a big seven foot dude. Um, Boise just lost a tough one, to Fresno the other night and that that really hurts them. So Utah State, I'll go Utah State, Syracuse, Drake, and Michigan State. St. Louis was another one in the A-10, but the A-10 is just, I mean, they're killing themselves. St. Bonaventure just lost at home to Dayton the other night. VCU's just in right now. Uh, so i those those would be my, my four are uh, Syracuse, Drake, Michigan State, and Utah State.
1: I definitely think Michigan State's in. I do think Drake could fall out because I do think Loyola Chicago wins that tournament, and – We've seen it in the past, most notably the year that Syracuse made the Final Four, when they got in on their name alone over a Monmouth team that was more deserving. So if, if Drake doesn't win, I don't think Drake gets in. So pulling Drake out, Michigan State's in. Uh, I think Xavier falls out. Yep. From the teams that are on the outside looking in, I don't think Duke and Cuse get in because they, it, it seems very likely they match up against each other in the AC right, tournament. I hate this. I really hate this. <laughs> but I think Duke gets in. Because I think they beat Carolina this weekend. Oh, and I, I hope beat, not. I think they beat Syracuse in the tournament. Because again, they're matched up, and that avenges the loss. They um, they lose Syracuse earlier this I year. Think, I think no, they beat Syracuse. They did beat Syracuse. No, they, they did beat Syracuse they mm. did, you're right. Um, so they go ahead and they and they pair that up with another one over Syracuse. So right there, if the, if you got them on the first four out right now, like Lenardi does, they go ahead and beat UNC. They go ahead and beat Syracuse. That already puts them in a good spot. If they go ahead and win another game in the tournament. And that that pretty much solidifies it. So I do think Duke gets in. Um, I I like Memphis, actually, as a sneaky team on that next four out right now. I think they'll have some opportunities to go ahead and and take a step. They play Houston this weekend. Uh, I don't know that Houston loses that game, but a strong showing from Memphis. And if they do go on to win, that goes ahead and puts them in. So it's tough. And then I think uh, I like Boise State to kind of stay right there. So those would be my four. Michigan State, Duke, Memphis, And then Boise State as my last four in.
0: And then really the last big thing would be uh, the battle for the number one seed. After Baylor beat West Virginia, they're in. Even with Michigan's Michigan's loss to Illinois, they're they're still in. Unless they lose
1: both. None of my opinions have changed so far in the shakeups we've had in the last week. With Baylor barely beating Iowa State and then losing a game to Kansas, with Michigan laying an egg against Illinois, Um, Gonzaga's by the way the one seed. There's no questions at all there. But my perception of those teams have not changed. For all we've talked about this year with COVID pauses and how teams reacted to it, you know, Coach Drew for Baylor talked about it. He said Superman's got his kryptonite. Ours was that COVID pause because our guys are dead right now and they're they were dead tired in that Iowa State game. They were dead tired in that Kansas game, and I saw a lot out of them that I needed to see in that West Virginia game. Hard fought second half, went to overtime, and they pulled it out. So I think they're back on track. So I still have it personally. As uh, and again, not for seeding purposes, Gonzaga is going to be the one seed. I personally rank them: Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan. Those are still the three top teams. I mean, it's hard to to kind of go beyond there because now you're talking Illinois, Ohio State, Alabama, Houston. It kind of gets muddled there. Um, mm-hmm. Big thing: Gillespie got hurt for Villanova last night. You hope his MRI is okay, yeah, left with a knee injury, so you don't know how that impacts things. Um, but those three teams clear-cut above everybody else, those three teams. So it's, it's just a battle for the rest of it.
0: Yeah, and Illinois plays Ohio State on Saturday. So if Illinois wins that game. They're the fourth number one seed. If they lose, then I'm interested to see what Lenardi does. I think he would keep Illinois there for the moment, but I think he would put Ohio State at the number one, two seed, jump Alabama, And then he would see what happens in the Big Ten tournament because that Illinois win without Desumu, the way they beat Michigan, that just carries so much weight. The fact that they won at Michigan, Ohio State lost to Michigan, Illinois is looking good. So I still think they can afford to lose the Ohio State game. They could stay the number one team. And then really as long as they don't have an early exit in the Big Ten tournament, I, I think I think the four number one seeds that are projected right now pretty much stays, stays, uh, stays true. That.
1: Now the big team that I wanted to hit on here before we get into our preview of this weekend schedule, Oklahoma state, they made the biggest jump this past week from the eight, nine line to now, I believe they got all the way up to the four line. If I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Joe, lines. look who
0: there's projected to play. Belmont.
1: Look. Oh,
0: yeah. you know, that's, that's your upset favorite city. team. I love that's Belmont. your
1: favorite team. That's I love team. I just um, love it. I think Oklahoma State uh, is a really interesting team to watch here because think of the past top picks who we've seen on less than stellar programs. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, LSU, they didn't do anything. Um, you know, you saw, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, my goodness. The, the math kid who went to Wisconsin, uh, to Washington. Mark Fultz. Mark Fultz, thank you. <laughs> uh, and Washington wasn't any good. And, and you, you know, you've seen that. This is different. Cunningham is doing what he's supposed to do. He's putting the team on his back. He's scoring 35-40 at night. Last week, they were unranked. They beat Oklahoma. Then they followed up with another win against Oklahoma just a few days later. They're legit, and they have better pieces around them than people realize, and they're Mm. a lot better coach than people realize. Mm. I think people are sleeping on this team. I think they probably come in around a four or five, and they're a team that could very well upset a one. Depending on who that one is, especially if they end up getting in that fourth region, where they're in with either Illinois or Ohio State or something like that, I'm really curious to see how they look, especially in the Big Twelve tournament. Could they get another shot at Baylor? What will they do with it? Um, they play them tonight. Oh, that is correct. Yeah. That is correct. So we'll find, that. we'll find out a lot about Oak State tonight. tonight.
0: We'll The Oak State, they're rolling right now. But for me, uh, the Big Ten, it's kind of like it seems like they've had a team at each point in the season that has gone through a stretch like this. Oklahoma had a stretch where they beat three straight top ten teams. Texas was great to start the year. West Virginia has been great as of late. So Oklahoma State's been great. But, I mean, the Big Ten, they have ten teams in their league. Seven of the teams have been in the top 20. So you pull together two or three wins in a row and you're going to jump a lot of people. And that's what Oak state's been doing. Cade's phenomenal. They've been doing this too, without Isaiah likely, who's their second Mm -hmm. best player. So that's even more impressive. I just, for me, I worry again, and I've been telling you this about Illinois and Iowa. I just worry about teams, even players as good as Cade and Garza and Desumu, I just worry that come March, come March Madness, these conference tournaments, when you have a player that's so high profile and so well-known, I just worry that if a team gets in trouble or if they're going through a little slump, if they just rely on that player too much. And because of Cade's greatness and because of how well they're playing, I just wonder if Oklahoma State is maybe just – They're, they're kind of peaking a little too high right now, but they're, they're rolling. They're going to get a great test tonight at Baylor. Baylor's
1: favored by 12, which
0: seems a little stinky. I know they're at home, but I mean, 12 is a lot of points.
1: Yeah. I was looking at that today and I read it as Oklahoma, not Oklahoma state. So I, I, and Oklahoma plays Texas. So,
0: uh, so that's another great (laughs) game. Look, the big 12 and the big 10, just about every night, you're going to have ranked games. So, uh, so, yeah, that is definitely the game of the night. And we're going to find a lot about Oklahoma State. They don't even need to win. If they can lose and it's close, then then that, that will show people a lot for sure.
1: And now looking ahead to the weekend then, as we have been the last few weeks, ever since football best bets left us, we're not doing best bets for college basketball, but we're looking ahead to uh, the games that we're really circling on the calendar. Yep. I have picked a couple of times in a row now the – Villanova road game. And they've been upset both times Not at this time. I don't think Providence has that capability, but the same team we're mentioned the same conference that we're talking about Oklahoma state after this Baylor game, they go at West Virginia, 2 PM on Saturday. That's my yeah. like day uh, on, on Saturday.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that and Illinois and Ohio state are definitely the two games that jump out. Those are definitely the two games to watch. Um, as I roll through the slate, I mean, Saturday, there really isn't much that jumps out. Again, this time of the year, a lot of those mid-major those teams games, are do in the their – com- Duke Carolina is is the another one, and it's not because they're ranked. It's because they're both battling getting to the tournament. So that's a huge, huge game. I guess the other one maybe would be Indiana and Purdue, if Indiana has any shot at getting
1: in. Purdue uh, has been the- slept on all season long. They've been around the top 25 all year long. They're a very tough team. Matt Painter's a really solid coach. Yeah. They're a team that I want to watch in March kind of make that last kick of a run. Maybe win a game that you don't expect them to win in the Big Ten tournament. Probably go a little bit further than you expect them to in the tournament itself. I mean, again, it's, it's a team that with all the different top teams in the Big Ten this year and with all the teams beneath them that have gotten buzzed, like Maryland, they've kind of just got lost in the shuffle now michigan state obviously getting all the buzz that they're getting people keep forgetting about purdue and they just, they're one of those lunch pail teams as cliche as it is they get their lunch pail they go to work they beat you down um right now they're in that second region first round matchup against winthrop second round matchup against oklahoma or western kentucky i think they're through that little part of the bracket i think they're through the sweet 16 uh, and then they would have a matchup with baylor which they would certainly lose in my opinion but they're a team that they're going to be one of those teams we get to that second weekend, and people are like, "Oh, I didn't realize they were that good this year. Let's see what they can do." So I, I really am curious to see what what they can do. And tonight against Indiana, that rivalry that they've got in state it's another chance for them to just kind of keep adding to their resume.
0: Yeah, Matt Painter really is maybe the most overlooked coach in the country. All his teams do is win. All they do is make the tournament, and. You know, the only thing with Purdue is they don't have that Carson Edwards guard yeah. that I think that can carry him. He's always got great big men. He's always got good wing defenders. But Edwards was just so special, and, I mean, they should have gotten the Final Four. They yeah, were so close. Of course. Sunday, too, has a good little slate. Wisconsin's lost seven straight games against ranked opponents, so they can get a good one against Iowa on Sunday. You mentioned the Houston-Memphis game. That could be a monster win for Memphis. I, I,
1: I'm leaning towards Memphis in that game. The more I'm thinking about it, I think Memphis is going to come out and get that win. We've seen Houston a couple times this year just look disinterested in games. They've won some of those games they've looked disinterested in, but I'm not buying the Houston hype entirely. I need Grimes to come through with a massive day for me in fantasy college basketball on Sunday. <laughs> but uh, I think Memphis, this is the game. I was just going to get to that now that we move on to Sunday. This is the game I'm looking at this week. Like I have the past couple of weeks when I've picked against Villanova on the weekend to get upset. This is the one I'm looking at. And the other game, uh, Texas tech against Baylor, Texas tech and Oklahoma state, at least among us, we kind of look at them the same way. Like what can they be in March? We like them. Do we love them though? And they both play back to back against Baylor. So huge measuring stick games for Oklahoma state tonight and Texas tech on Sunday. And it's another good chance to see Baylor too. If they've got their legs beneath them once again, uh, again, they showed it in that West Virginia game, especially with it going to overtime, but I we've got two more great chances to see it against Oklahoma state and Texas tech three games in a few days for them. So real quick, are doing. you
0: more excited for the big 10 or the big 12 tournament?
1: I'm going to say the big 10, just because the bottom of the big 10 is a lot stronger. And we see that with Northwest. I mean, that was a typical Maryland loss last night, but like the teams that we've seen this year, even in the big 10 at the bottom, they can just turn around and have themselves a Nebraska's day playing well right now. I was just gonna say Nebraska's playing well. They beat Rockers. Minnesota is the third from the bottom in the conference. And we've seen them be a ranked solid team this year. Uh there's no easy out in the Big Ten. Because of that, I can go with the Big Ten tournament. Uh the Big Twelve tournament maybe has some more uh glamour to it, if that's the right word, just because I think right now we're looking at those teams um, in a different way. Like we know the big 10 is the big 10, but now we're all of a sudden like, Oh, West Virginia, West Virginia, is something else. Oh, Kate Cunningham. Look at the way he's playing. So right now they're that kind of new shiny toy, the big 12, but let's not forget who by far the best conference is. And it's the big 10. So I'm looking more forward to the big 10 tournament for that reason.
0: Both tournaments will be great. Uh, Again, the first tournament bid handed out will be tomorrow, the Ohio Valley Conference that always gets things going. Come on, Belmont. I'm looking forward (laughs) to picking you as my 13 seed upset. Um, All right, Joe, trivia to wrap things up as always. You got one on me last week. So you have taken the lead 16-15. to Um, I can give you my question first. All right. I think it's a good one. And I, you know, I hope you were paying attention while we were talking about the bracket and certain teams and certain conferences, because you're going to need to put that uh, that memory to the test. Your question is: so, according to Joe Lenardi, there are 11 multi-bid conferences right now. Okay. okay. Of those 11 conferences, five of those only have just two teams in his projected tournament field right now. So if you can give me four of those five conferences that only have two bids right now and name the two teams in those four conferences, four of the five, then I will give it to you.
1: Wait, hold on. So you want uh, the conferences that have multi-bids just multiple, multiple bids, bids but, but just only, two. Only, only two. So there are okay. five leagues that it.
0: only have two teams right now.
1: Just two. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So gotcha. give me those four. Yep. All right, go ahead. Um, I don't. I, I, want to say it's. I know Richmond's been getting a lot of talk in the A10, but I, I want to say he's got St. Bonaventure and VCU only from the A10. That is one. The A10, right. correct? Just All those right. two. Um, I would have to imagine that he's only got um, Loyola, Chicago, and Drake from that conference?
0: Um, he does. He does. That is okay. correct. Yes. Four. Right.
1: Gosh. Um, Pac-12, none of the big conferences only have two teams. I don't imagine. No, I mean, no. no. All the big conferences got to have.
0: 50 seconds left.
1: So, talking about Belmont – could he uh, – he couldn't have – all right, I got strikes to work with, and I got no other leads. Could it be the Ohio Valley? Does he have more head State in there? It is not. It's no, okay. just, just Belmont. So 30 seconds left, one strike. Uh, all right. I know it's not the Mountain West. They got actually like three or four teams in. Um, it's not mm. – it's a good question i like this question i like this 15 question a lot. seconds left <laughs> uh what are some of the other early tournaments horizon league's pretty early they got cleveland state five seconds
0: horizon Nothing. not the horizon so we you know gonzaga is so good that we forget about the west coast but byu is the BYU other is one in the west there. coast I thought, they were, I thought they were only a one bid all right BYU. And then uh, the American, Houston and Wichita right now. Wichita is in as an 11 seed. And Joe, I actually screwed up. I made this last night and then I saw it this morning. And as we're talking about it and as I'm asking the question, I'm like, wait, there are only four leagues because at last night, the Mountain West only had San Diego State and Colorado State in. But this morning, Boise became the third team in. So had you have said the mountain West, I would have, would have given given it to you because I screwed up.
1: But, uh, but yeah, the American and the West coast were the other, that's all right. Good question. I like it for you. I'm going dunk contest. Um, got that coming up this weekend. Um, thinking back on it, we've had some pretty good ones, uh, in the last since from 2010 to 2020, uh, give me six of the dunk contest winners.
0: All right. Uh, Blake Griffin, Dwight Howard,
1: Blake Griffin, yes. Dwight Howard, no. He was 2008, so did okay. not make it in that time frame. So strike one. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. is last year's correct. That's two. Aaron Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon didn't win it. He got snubbed. He lost to Levine both times. Oh, so strike two.
0: Well, Levine is going to be my my next. Yeah, one, I, so. I, I gave away <laughs> Levine.
1: You know, I knew you were going to Levine. So I literally said earlier in the show.
0: Right. Um. So there was that one like stupid year where they had like John Wall and Paul George all on the same team. But I got three, two
1: strikes, uh, two strikes, so one strike remaining, and you got about a minute.
0: I don't know who those other. I mean, the dunk contest can go to anybody. Oh, uh, oh, was Gerald Green too early ago? I think he
1: was. Uh, Nate Robinson, or he was. Nate Robinson, two thousand ten. He went back-to-back back in 0, 9 and 10. So you got nice, that one, nice. four. You got to give me two more, and you got 30 seconds left. Yeah, Gerald,
0: Gerald Green's
1: too early.
0: Um, ooh. All right, I, this is probably wrong, but Serge Ibaka? Not Serge Ibaka, strike Okay, so, was it John uh, Wall or Paul George? John
1: Wall won 2014, he did. I, yeah, he all did. right. He did. So it okay. was Nate Robinson in 10. The one that I thought you were going to get, and this is why I picked six as the number, I thought you were going to get Nate Robinson. You did. I thought you would get Derek Jones Jr. because it was last year you did. I thought you'd get John Wall as a Wiz fan. I knew you would get Levine. That's four. I thought you would get Donovan Mitchell. You didn't get Donovan Mitchell. I he, I was thinking about him. I definitely thought you were going to get Blake Griffin, 2011.
0: I said Blake. I said I said Blake, Blake and Dwight Howard were my two off the bat. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you still got three. Shows. But I missed, I missed, uh, <laughs> yeah, I missed Donovan. I missed Donovan. Yep, okay. Uh, so who were the
1: other ones? That uh, so was So this it. from from Bob, Nate Robinson, Blake yeah. Griffin, Jeremy Evans, Terrence Ross, John Wall, Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Glenn Robinson the third, Donovan Mitchell, Hamidou Diallo, and then Derek Jones Jr. Oh,
0: yeah, Diallo. I totally forgot that. I wouldn't have gotten any of those other guys. Um, yeah, it was a good was, it, that's,
1: why I picked, that's why I picked six. I thought Nate, Griffin, <laughs> yep. Wall, Mitchell, Levine, and Derek Jones Jr.
0: That was good, yeah. M- Mitchell I was thinking about, but I couldn't remember if he if he was in the dunk. So that's good. He's doing three-point shootout too, right? So him and Levine oh, could do Oh, that's right.
1: Yep, yep. So two guys could do it. Two guys
0: about could do that. it. How okay. about that?
1: All right, very good.
0: Um, well, Joe, episode 40, first episode of March in the Books, and next week we'll have some teams that are locked into the tournament. <laughs> We'll be previewing some conference tournaments. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll be able to have a guest. Again, it's just this time of the year. You try yeah. to get college basketball people. Like John so busy.
1: Everybody right now is like an accountant in tax season. And it is tax season. So good tax it it season is. is they, they don't sleep <laughs> until May. Not right <laughs> now. Yep.
0: Uh, all right. We'll see you next time.